0: Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at WestonRoadChurch.com/gift. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Amen. I'm excited to bring the word this morning, but I have to be honest: as a drummer, this is very tempting. Um, so I'm going to try to not come too close to the drum. Or else I might beat it. Um, but it's good to be together today in church. And uh I just want to give you a brief highlight of the weekend. Um, Friday night, we're just so pleased with uh the turnout for Connect Night, and I commend each and every one of you who've made it a point to to come out, to get out of maybe your comfort zone and uh to come to church, um, get to uh get under the word, get into the word, but under uh, some 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 teaching, but also to connect. And uh, we've had an incredible response. And I just want to encourage you. uh, We have something pretty much for all age groups, uh, starting in JK all the way to grade 5 with Kids Club. You saw the slides on the screen at the end of the service. Even on the TVs in the foyer, they rotate. So I'm not going to reiterate all the age groups and all the classes. But what I will say is, if you have yet to come out, I encourage you to do so. Last week's message was very specific. If you were here, you would remember we talked about roots and fruit. Remember that? And the challenge was to begin to ask God to reveal to us individually, what season am I in? Is this a root season where I'm supposed to be establishing and growing? Uh, Or is this a time now where the roots are established and now the fruit of my life has to start showing? And so last week we talked about How to grow deeper roots. And I I just simply gave you three ways. We stay planted uh, because you can't grow roots if you don't stay planted. Uh, We talked about being planted here at Weston and being in community, being connected. We we said, number two, stay connected. And Friday nights is one of the easiest ways. We have Women with Purpose uh, launching again uh, tomorrow night, and it's going to be incredible. And then the third thing we said is stay nourished stay nourished. So feed on the Word. And, and Friday nights, especially with the young adults, that's the group I lead, um, we're taking a deep dive into a specific book of the Bible. And the feedback that I received from some of you uh, young adults was, Pastor John, we need this, and this was really great. Um, one of the greatest fears I have, uh, a general fear, is we have access to this book But we don't take the time to actually understand it or to dig deeper and to learn what God says in His Word. Uh, What a waste of of an incredible book and opportunity for our lives. Um, But today, this this is why we gather. Amen? We come so that we can not just hear the Word, but to also then apply it to our lives. The Word, hearing of the Word, should produce in us action. Amen? And this is my prayer and my hope. Uh, It's not like, oh, Pastor John, you nailed it. Or, uh, uh, half-half. Okay, maybe some Sundays you might feel like that. But I'm convinced if you are hungry and you're attentive to what the Spirit of God wants to say to you, you will leave every single time we gather with something for your life. Something that you can take into your 9 to 5, into your high school or your university. And so this book... Is important What we get to do here together, worship freely, use a PA system to blare it, let it fill the streets of Emery Village and, and our city of Toronto, and then proclaim the Word of God. This is an incredible miracle and a privilege that we get to be a part of. So if you have your Bible, would you stand with me if you're able and turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we'll begin reading at verse 42. Just two short verses. We'll have it on the screen as well. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Acts chapter 2, 42. If you're there, say amen. And let's read it together. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the privilege we have to open your holy book. Father, I pray that you would now prepare our hearts to receive from you. Let us hear, God, what your Spirit is saying to us, not just as individuals, but also to your church today. And God, I just pray for your anointing now upon my mind my lips, and my heart, that I might speak your word as you intend it to be communicated. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Acts chapter 2 and the two verses we read are basically the fruit of what happens in the first Oh, there was the drum, getting closer. Let me just uh, shift a little bit. For those of you who like symmetry, I, I apologize, I'm now off center. Uh, but I'll just say this, deal with it. It's okay. Um, so in Acts chapter 1, and then in Acts chapter 2, leading up to these verses, uh, some of us might not be familiar with it. So let me just fill in the backstory. Um, Jesus, as he's preparing to ascend into heaven, tells them to wait for the promise of the Father, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. For what? So you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so that's Acts chapter 1. Now Jesus said what? Wait. Wait for the promise. And so this is what they were doing. There were about 120 people gathered, and they were together in one room. They call it the upper room where they were meeting, and they were waiting. And what happened is they received what Jesus said they would receive, the promise of the Father. They began to speak in other languages, other tongues, and uh, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. As a result, it was starting to draw a crowd. People thought, these guys are... Uh, speaking different languages. What's going on? Are they drunk? They said, no, it's too early in the day. Uh, And Peter takes the opportunity to begin to preach the first recorded sermon of the disciples in the New Testament. We call this the the beginning of the early church. The, The church was starting from this point. And so he preaches a sermon full of boldness because of the Holy Spirit, conviction, he preaches the word, and 3,000 people get saved and believe the, the message of Jesus Christ. Like, like, what an incredible thing. So this leads us right up to these two verses, which tells us what began to happen after all of this. They, there were 3,000 people. Could you imagine, in a moment, if we just went from this number to, you know, busting, overflowing, we have to do multiple services, all, that, all of a sudden... This is kind of the picture when, you, when you're talking about 3,000 people. And I want to say this. The first thing that we read is it says in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, all the believers devoted themselves. All the believers devoted themselves. And then it lists a whole bunch of things that we're about to get to in a moment. But here's the interesting thing. The new converts didn't merely add Christianity to their already busy schedules and their busy lives, but devoted themselves to their Christian experience. And here's an important thing. I mean, we could just say, okay, they devoted to what? And we want to know the four things. But I just want to spend a bit of time and emphasize the fact that they actually devoted themselves. A lot of times, we might get it wrong in the sense of, We just take Jesus and try to squeeze him in or add him into an already crazy, busy life. If you add children to the mix, parents, I'm with you in that one. It's even crazier. And, And you have sleepless nights, just like they said. Our kids were vomiting all over, well, at least the mom on Jody. But this is the reality. But Jesus has to play a significant role in your Christian experience, but... To do that, we can't just try to squeeze him in. We actually have to consciously make decisions that will actually put Jesus as our priority in an already busy life. Can somebody say amen? Right? Life is busy. The title of today's message, before I get too far in and I forget to tell you, is Created to Connect created to connect just turn to your neighbor for a quick second on your right I'm going to be specific turn to your neighbor on your right and just say you were created to connect turn to the neighbor on your left and say this is a good idea let's connect now if you're single don't get weird this morning all right We're created to connect as the body of Christ, but also to our Creator. And we are created to connect. And it's interesting that as the church grew suddenly, seemingly suddenly, but I believe it was all God's plan, as the church grew, one of the first things besides devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, and to all of these things, is that they connected. This is what it basically meant. They started to connect with one another. Um, Let me emphasize, by the way, Friday night, 7.30 p.m., it's not going to be easy to come out. I get it. I'm there too. I know. You have to make it a priority. That's how it's going to actually make a difference in your life. Um, I mean... I said it last week, and I'll say it again. We didn't do a good job of encouraging the church to come out Fridays. And, and I saw the results, and it, it proved it. But this, this time, I'm making a difference. I'm going to do everything I can to tell you, but I can't make you drink. right? You can lead a horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. But listen, connecting takes time. You have to plan it. So we've made time for that. Friday night's at 730 Uh, We're going to connect with the Word and with one another. We want to grow deeper in our relationship with God and in our relationship with people. But we have to make time or else it's, and if we don't make it a priority, guess what? I'm just so busy, so busy, it's so hard. Guess what? You'll always be busy. We live in 2018. Everyone's busy. And I'm guilty when people say, hey, how are you, Pastor Oh, busy, busy. Busy, busy. Of course, you know. And I realize I'm like that answer is not valid anymore because everyone says busy. So let me be uh, unique, and let me just say oh, it's been great. It's been great. You know, fast paced but amazing. God is doing some great things in my life, in my family, and in our church. But they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. They committed to now. I'm going to give you these four specific things. Number one. The Apostles' Teaching. The Apostles' Teaching. It's not rocket science. It's basically modern-day discipleship slash Bible study. Um, you need to sit under someone who's been in this book, right? The, one of the worst things we can try to do is just give, give someone the opportunity to stand up and speak uh, and teach a class, a Bible class, and they have no idea what they're saying, Right? And so with the young adults, I basically gave them a glimpse of when you attempt to, to stand and prepare a sermon or a lesson to teach, I showed them all of the steps and the things you have to consider when you're dealing with a Bible text. Um, now, every case, sometimes it changes some, a little bit, but you know, to dig in, to really get your teeth in, it takes a lot of work to prepare. Um, and so you need to devote yourself not just to anybody, but to people who, who know God and who know the Word of God. And how, how can you tell? Just listen. Observe the pattern of their life. Uh, I, I'm tra- I try to be a real and honest leader, but I, I, so I don't try to be fake when I'm up here. Oh, life is great. No. Like my kids, sometimes they drive us crazy. Sometimes they make us smile. And, and they fill us with great joy. Um, but I want to be a real leader for Weston and for the people who walk through these doors because I'd rather be a leader who's real than a leader who always tries to be right, who always tries to be right. I'd rather be real and say, you know what, I don't know how to deal with that sometimes. But the fruit, right? You should still be able to look at my life and see fruit, see evidence of what I preach. Listen, it's easier to preach, Even though it takes a lot of work, it's easier to preach, but it's way harder to walk. It's way harder to walk. So you don't even need words to see the fruit of someone in their life. You can just look, really. But let's devote ourselves to the Teaching of God's Word. Commit to coming to church Sundays. This is what they did. They were hungry to know more. Tell us more. Those who've been with Jesus, Peter, the disciples, they called them the apostles. They were the ones because they had first-hand encounters and experiences. And now they were teaching the others. And Jesus gave them the permission and the authority to do it. He also gave them the power because they were the ones who were waiting for the promise that Jesus said would come. The Holy Spirit to be a bold witness. And so uh, the first thing is devote yourself to studying the Word of God, to, to getting under the teaching. Friday nights is a great example. But you know what? Dig in the Word for yourself too. Start to get familiar with the Word of God. Here's why it's important. When trials and the hardships of life come, it's way easier when you know the Word... To be like, ooh, that's a blow to to me today. I didn't expect that from my boss. But you know what, God? I'm not going to let this thing uh, throw me off. I thank you that the joy of the Lord's my strength. I'm going to continue to to work hard today, even though I'm really upset right now. And I'm not going to let this bother me. Lord, I pray you would help me control all this pent-up anger I feel. And Lord, help me to knock. You You can begin to have this conversation. And God will quicken in your heart his word. His word will be quickened. You might get a bad report from the doctor, and, and and it's devastating. I've been on that receiving end of it for my own life. You some of you heard that through this past summer, but I've choose to say, you know, you know what? Greater is he who is in me. And he's our healer. So this was my mentality. They told me I had a narrowing in the artery of my heart. Um, they said, you're going to take medication for life. Uh, you're going to do all of this other stuff for life. You're going to eat like a, a salad like a rabbit and nuts like a squirrel for the rest of your life. And I said, Lord Jesus, I don't receive that part. Um, and how, how am I going to do this? And I simply said, this was my mentality. God, I'm natural, but you're supernatural. So my approach is this. I'm going to do everything in the natural I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise right. I'm going to try as much as I can to sleep right. And, and all of that thing, this is me in the natural, but you're the God of the supernatural. So as I faithfully do that, God, you can do whatever else you want that's out of my control. But know the word of God for yourself. Know what God says about you and know what he says about himself. But you'll never know unless you know. And as you dig in and devote yourself to God's Word. Number two is fellowship. You know, for a long time, I just I, I would just merge food and fellowship as one thing. And I would just think that, oh, this is one and the same. Uh, we're, we're having a time of fellowship. In my mind, would actually mean just Food. And and I was actually mistaken. When you dig into... Here's the word word study, young adults, that we're going to talk about this coming Friday. When you dig into the word fellowship, and if you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard preachers say this. The actual Greek word used is koinonia. Koinonia. And I want to just take a brief moment to tell you what this koinonia kind of fellowship should look like and feel like. It's an association of close mutual relationship and involvement with one another. And so basically, it implies a certain level of intimacy. See, on Sundays, it's actually pretty easy to get by on surface relationships. You know what I'm talking about? How you doing? Good. Good. Right? And you're thinking, man, if I really answered the question honestly, we'd be here till 5 p.m. tonight. Right? It's true. And I'm guilty of saying that, good, good, so good to see you, God bless, and we move on. But intimacy, koinonia fellowship, goes deeper than that. It implies that there's a level of intimacy, a singleness of purpose. So today, there's a level of koinonia fellowship as we gather, because there's a singleness of purpose for why we've come. I mean, some of us, maybe you're like, yes, I am created to connect. And you're, you're like scoping out the place. I don't know. I'm not judging you. But we're, we're created to connect with one another. And we've come to also connect with our Creator. Amen. And as we do that, um, there's fellowship. We're here for a singleness with a singleness of purpose. There's trust of one another in koinonia fellowship, sharing of material goods, and harmony rather than hostility, koinonia. So now, when we understand this word fellowship, for me, I'm like, food is not even a part of that, really. I can have fellowship with you without food in the equation, amen? I mean, the meal is is a bonus, it's a benefit, but it's also in our verse, so don't worry, it's coming next. But here's the beautiful thing, is that we get to do life together. This is how the early church did it. And if you want to read through Acts chapter 2 and on, you're going to see that they would even care for one another. They, someone had a need, they would sell property and, and would, would help in that way. So they were a very generous community as well. And that's why as a church, like why should we be different than how it all began and is recorded in Scripture? So we ought to be a generous house, amen? And we are a generous house, but we can always do more. We can always get involved in new ways uh, and and get involved even in healing hugs, as we even heard this morning. And so there is this uh, cornonia fellowship. And fellowship is spiritual. See, if you just thought fellowship was food, you say, ah, what's the point? Well, food, food, coffee, coffee. No, no, no. Fellowship is spiritual, it's going beyond the surface. And actually getting to know one another. And where God deals with us, how many of you would agree, is not the surface, right? God, when he deals with you in a real way, he actually gets through the surface and gets to the heart of who you are. And uh, Women with Purpose is another great night of fellowship, of koinonia, where you're gathered with a a singleness of purpose. And I'm excited for tomorrow night. It's going to be a good night. And number three, the sharing of meals. See, food's not left out. The sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, it says. And by the way, we are going to have communion at the end of this month on the 30th. I know a few of you have been asking. uh, It's not nothing forgotten. It's just something that is important and vital. Um, So just so you know, at the end of the month, we're going to have a communion service as we remember everything that Jesus did for us. And they would share meals, they would meet in homes, and they would break bread, and they would spend time together eating. And in this day and age, I mean, I was maybe a young teenager, so we're talking like 90s, early 90s. I'm, I'm dating myself, but that's okay, I don't care. Um, but I remember after church, even if my mom had nothing, she would still try to invite people over. And in this day and age, it's kind of a lost art of hosting and of being hospitable and opening up a home. And I know many of you are very gracious. I have a lot of invites that are still pending from a year ago uh, that I'm like, okay, we're going to make it up. But breaking bread together is important. And there's something special that happens when we sit down and eat. You know what I realized? It's, it, it's not science, it's just observation that when we sit and we start chatting and, you know, have some cheese and have some salad